Good afternoon. Thank you uh, all so much for joining us in here at the Weston Peachtree. It is time uh, for the Roosters Report. Oh, can you hear me out there? Is this microphone on? No, it's not. Oh, okay. Well, we're uh, very pleased to welcome uh, for today's Roosters Report to talk about Ohio State and Georgia, uh, Austin Ward and Jeremy Birmingham. Oh, all right. Uh, yeah, thank you very much, Mr. Commissioner. Uh, we are very pleased to be here. This this microphone doesn't work. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with Austin. Thank you for uh, letting us be here. It's our pleasure. And thank you for this uh, Chick-fil-A peach bowl water. Uh, super delicious. Um, yeah, so we are here today to talk about Ohio State. They had their full team media day, minus Mayan Williams, who was not able to participate in that, but he was able to participate in practice at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Our long national nightmare about Mayan Williams' health may be finally drawing to a close. Uh, the unluckiest man probably on the Ohio State roster outside of Cameron Babb, at least when it comes to big game availability, uh, looks like he might be on the other side of that. We'll see. He, had, he didn't even have Berm any tape on his ankles to go out through that workout. Uh, pants were clean. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest question you have to have or worry about is how how's his wind going to be? Uh, you know, if you've been sick, if you've had a, a fever, cold, whatever, it's hard to always know that you're going to be able to go out there and give 100% of your physical um, self. So he obviously was not well enough to... Do media day, which is fine. Uh, number one for other people who were there. It's not a matter of just him being sick, but it's also if, if he's even feeling better, you don't want to risk him getting anyone else sick. So, um, but being out in the field, he seemed like it was normal self. So, I mean, that's, that's the good thing for Ohio State, as we talked about all week. It's going to be running back by committee probably at some point. I think the unluckiest man on the roster uh, today is probably Chip Trainum. If you're talking about uh, his potential role in this game, because mm-hmm. I, I'd imagine he gets less work uh, than Dallin Hayden does this weekend, just because I think Hayden provides a little bit of a change of pace right. uh, that Chip may not. Um, so that's the one thing you look at today. But other than that, I mean, again, Buckeyes are healthy. We did see G. Scott um, getting some sideline work with the trainers. So I, I don't know if that's a lingering issue or something just happened today. But I'm told that uh, for the last uh, week or so, maybe maybe slightly more, that G. Scott Jr. has not done anything more than jogging. Uh, and, you know, certainly during... Anything could happen after the open viewing periods, but I'm told that that was not just a new thing for today. Uh, I don't know how much that lines up with what I'd been hearing about uh, the potential for Joe Royer to get back into the lineup. I mean, we know that Cade Stover and Mitch Rossi are going to be handling the primary workload there. If Ohio State has to then replace G. Scott as that third tight end or as a potential option in the passing game, which is something that we saw Ohio State trying to do a little bit more late in the year, you'd have to think that that would be Joe Royer. So he seemed to be in good spirits. Uh, Royer did on Thursday morning during the full team media day. It's impossible for me to say how much he's going to factor into that game plan. Uh, I know that Ohio State is excited about him being back on that track. It it feels like it was years ago, but it was just March and April where we were talking about him being uh, a starting tight end and a breakout player. Obviously, multiple things went wrong for him uh, to sidetrack that. a devastating uh, turn of events off the field, and then more specific to his football career, a groin injury, uh, as well as I think an ankle at some point that that slowed him down. Get past one thing you'll probably never really get over. The other, physically he can, and we'll see if that 
transits. But I don't think that G. Scott Jr. will be in a position to really help Ohio State on Saturday night. Yeah, and, and the reality is if Ohio State's down to their third tight end and counting on the third tight end to make a bunch of plays in yeah. this game, it's probably not a good thing anyway. That's true. The, the guys that are going to have to make plays are the guys that are the superstars, and that's how you beat a team like Georgia. The, the best players on Ohio State's team have to play the best football. Um, I, I don't think that you're going to be counting on G. Scott anyway to make. Now, that said, they have – tried in the last a couple games especially michigan they had packages where g was out there earlier and are trying to do different things um so you, you do see that i think talking to guys today at media day you know a couple of them just mentioned how glad they were to just finally feel 100 mm. percent um julian fleming said he's like he just i'm healthy i feel great like those are the things that the little advantages you get by having the month off everyone seems to be ready to go in um you know, media day, it's kind of chaos. It's not one of these situations where we have any real control over what happens. There's <laughs> a thousand people mingling in a room and nobody's talking to the actual starters because everyone's talked to them all year and we're all trying to figure out the next storyline. Um, I just wanted to ask people how they felt generally and, mm-hmm. and what was the vibe. Uh, as I said, like yesterday when we're talking about this team, you really do get the sense that most of them understand fully that no one believes that they can win this game and i i I do think they're really relishing that you can you can tell every time you ask them hey you know what do you guys think of this belief that no one thinks you you belong here and and there's always just sort of a wry little smile like we we know we know what people are saying and you know that's well and great but if you don't go out there on saturday and play the best game you played all year uh it's it's not gonna those wry little smiles don't mean jack yeah i'm sure that people are tired of me talking and and seeking out health updates for Ohio State but I this team was a lot more banged up than uh, I think it than anybody knew or got credit for because of the way that Ohio State's been so secretive throughout the year Um, so I I feel like it has been important to get a measure uh, of context not only for the way a season may have gone for somebody I'm thinking specifically of Denzel Burke who I talked to on Thursday morning um, but also what that might mean for why has Ohio State not played the full game to its full potential the way that it know it's admitted right. itself that it hasn't? Well, that, I think that's a key part of that in understanding this team. Everybody has injuries. I'm not suggesting that Ohio State is different or, or hit worse or, or better than anybody else, but but it does feel like they were hit worse it, this year. It, and and I think the way that they handled it may have made it seem that way because they didn't have a ton of season-ending injuries necessarily. Right. Um, but Denzel Burke said. I mean, he feels like he's 150% now compared to where he was missing almost all of training camp with the shoulder injury and then having the, the broken hand uh, issue that popped up in September. Um, so for somebody like him, like why did Denzel Burke not reach his full potential after a great freshman year? Well, he wasn't able to practice. And Ryan Day, that was one of the, one of the only things he said throughout the course of the year that you're like, okay, well, something more serious is going on when guys like Denzel Burke can't practice or when Matthew Jones is limited or Emeka Buka can't go out there and catch, you know, uh, balls with Marvin Harrison and get an extra work. Like that stuff can compound and keep it's hard to catch back up in the season. Uh, but Denzel Burke and Matthew Jones both said that how in, in meaningful and impactful this month of December can be for them. Um, we'll see if that's the case on Saturday night. But, you know, I, I did think going around and talking to those guys who were dealing with stuff and not really able to talk about it was was significant for both reasons. Yeah, that's been the issue all year. Like, we're trying to say this guy 
isn't playing great. Why isn't he playing great? And he can't come out and say, I'm not playing great because I can't run <laughs> or my, I broke my hand in a fumble drill in practice or whatever. Like you can't come out and, and, and explain it to people. And instead we get, he's a game time decision. And then two minutes later he's out and, and he's not dressing. And you're like, well, what the heck is going on around here? So, you know, that, that has been the storyline that we've been talking about all year. It's just this recurring nightmare from a PR perspective. And, um, like if I look back on this season, and I'm certainly not writing a postmortem on it yet, but one of the biggest storylines of the year is just that I think Ohio State um, really didn't handle the PR aspect of this year correctly, uh, and and put themselves put so much pressure on themselves to do everything else perfect because the 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 truth wasn't out there all the time, and like it, it just would have been better to do that. And I hope that moving forward, the program like understands. There's value in that, and I get you're trying to have a strategic advantage. I understand uh, that from, but you're talking about how someone's going to play against, you know, a, a terrible Michigan State team. Like, shouldn't have to keep that secret to yeah, beat Northwestern and Indiana. Right. So uh, that that's that's just one of those things that I don't understand from this year. But um, back to this morning, I mean, you could just tell this is a team that's really loose. They, they nobody wanted to do like go karts yesterday. No. Um, especially because it was like 45 minutes away and they had to get on a bus and 4.30 in the afternoon and go through Atlanta traffic to get there. Um, Grant Tutant said he was thrilled they had a police escort because it certainly made it easier, but <laughs> nobody wanted to do that stuff. And they're just really kind of fed up with all of the pomp and circumstance around this game. And I, you know, I was talking to Cade Stover. And he's like, well, I don't know why we're doing this. I'm like, this is the Super Bowl. Like, you got to understand this is the Super Bowl. So, you, this is part of the, the process, and somehow we ended up talking about his farm uh, and what he did for uh, Christmas, and he was talking about a bloated cow that had to, uh, you had to put a, a hose into the cow's mouth down to its stomach and then pump air out of a cow. I'm, you're going to hear Chris Fowler talk about this story on, on Saturday night, I guarantee you, because Chris Fowler was standing right there. So uh, it, it, was, uh, it was a little weird, but... <laughs> You know, it, that's what happens on media day. There's some, some weirdness abounds. Yeah, the other part that you mentioned early on in the Roosters report was that media day tends to be a lot more about the young players, and right. we had an opportunity to catch up with a number of them. And what's funny is that the, that, that matches up with the paranoia yeah. as well, that like Ohio State structured their practice again uniquely with uh, the second and third periods were uh, – you know, basically third team and freshmen right. going live in an 11-on-11 drill. Uh, Which rather, is great to see. Rather than doing the first team or the second team. But guess what? We would rather see that. Yeah. And that's more meaningful for the future. And the second part of that is uh, you'll read in my practice observations, and if you use uh, other sites other than ohiostate.rivals.com, you'll read it in every practice observation about Devin Brown throwing a deep ball down the right sideline to Keon Grays. Um, I don't... <laughs> They tried, they tried so hard to be uh, secretive and not give you anything to talk about. And what they wound up doing was giving a storyline uh, about the future team, uh, 2023 Ohio State roster potentially, then, that everyone then was trying to create today anyway. And that, that's, that's what I that. don't understand about Media Day. And I understand that this is not the same at every bowl. It's a CFP issue where it's a team-required thing. But to just they should have brought 25 starters, you know, offense, defense, special teams, and that's it. I really don't think... They, they should be putting the young players who are not trained in really dealing with the media uh, in front of a bunch of sharks who are all going. Right. Uh, the, the number of questions, I, I talked to Devin about this at, you know, this morning, 
which was, he said, he had like six people asking, how's the relationship with you and Kyle? What's it like? Like trying to create a storyline that doesn't need to be talked about at this point. Those two are going to compete two, for the starting two job. Two days before the college football playoff semifinal? Right. Those two are going to compete for the starting job next spring. And there's going to be plenty of time to talk about it. Um, but this is the nature of college football is such that we don't get a chance to talk to these kids. The people have to jump on this and, and start preparing for a month from now when there's no football to, to talk about. So they're going to, and Devin's like, ah, what am I supposed to say? Like, I'm, we're friends. We're, we're like best friends. We're always together. Like, that's it. And then Ohio State, by trying to be tricky and sneaky in practice, like yesterday, where they're only showing us special teams, today they put the scout team and the third team out there and give people a chance to see Devin do some things. And then people are going to just be like, oh, Devin Brown's going to be the starter. Like, that's what's going to happen. And, and it's just goes back to what I said about PR. They're just, they're just tripping over their own feet. There's a lot of own goals that happened this year. Um, and, and I don't understand it. Yeah. Um, they need to have a, a look at that. It starts at the very top. I don't want to make that clear. I've said that on other shows throughout this month. Like, it is not a communications issue, in my opinion. I, I think that right now there's a lot of frustration from the man in charge of this program. And we saw that, you know, really, That's Ryan Day, to really coming to a head the week of the Michigan game. We've talked about his mentality and his mindset. And I don't think that he's past that annoyance with everything. Yeah. Like, I, I, you can tell he's still a little. Uh, you have 85 guys that are pretty loose, and then you see that Ryan Day is he's obviously very serious. All the coaches are very serious today. Like, Keenan Bailey, I asked him, like, what, you know, how did you bowl? He's like, I'm, I'm not here to bowl. I'm here to beat Georgia. So, like, they're all in that mindset. Like, they know that they have an opportunity to to change some narratives that you and Bill talked about on the Daily this morning. Like, their goal is simple. Their goal is beat Georgia. But I think in some ways – you do things to your own detriment when you just get so wound up. Yep. Well, we grabbed uh, Keenan Bailey, as you mentioned, for an interview that'll be uh, available on the podcast uh, tomorrow for Freaky Friday. Sonny Styles, Kyle McCord, and Devin Brown also joined me for some quick hitting conversations. Uh, we'll have those as well as some bold predictions on Friday morning. Uh, we're going to have a more Roosters report. Um, the people that won the bowl trip giveaway will be arriving in Atlanta. We're going to hang out and uh, catch up with Nicole Cox. Uh, Saturday we'll have uh, a pregame. We'll see if we can uh, maneuver around the internet to do that live for you all because uh, we're going to be there about five hours before kickoff. Yeah, I don't know ready. what time we should expect that, folks. Probably like uh, 6 o'clock or so Eastern time once the availability report is out. And Okay. Um, so let's just aim for 6, okay? We'll make, we can make a date. It's New Year's Eve. What else are you doing? You're not, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> Stay home. Talk with us. Um, and then I think that's pretty much what we've got coming. Yeah. Um, OhioState.Rivals.com. We're talking about tampering. We're talking about mm. everything else. Uh, now, we can talk about that today. That One of the intrepid reporters <laughs> from the Lantern, uh, Ohio State's excellent student newspaper, was asking um, players, like, hey, have you been contacted by the schools? And Emeka Abuka said, yes, I have been. <laughs> Marvin Harrison said, no, I haven't been. Um, none of those things matter. The, we know college – I asked Ryan Day – Three weeks ago, in, in a press conference at Ohio State, how are you dealing with tampering with all this other? It's been going on. This isn't new. Yeah. Um, it's just fascinating that it's now just a. We're just talking about it, and um, I don't know. N- number one, don't make tampering into an issue where a player admits that he's being contacted. That doesn't mean he's thinking about going anywhere or doing anything like that. Emeka Buka is not leaving Ohio State, so it's just 
one of these weird things that are now just happening in college football. Yeah, I almost feel like I didn't ask anybody about that because I know what the answer is. I, they all well, there's the there's the truth, yeah. and then there's the politically correct. Yeah, and, and it doesn't it doesn't matter what they say, yeah. what the answer is. Like, what matters is what their intentions are. Yeah, if somebody purely wants to go grab an NIL bag by going in the transfer portal, they will. And coaches will have, or or intermediate intermediaries, agents, anybody else will have already been telling them what the options are. So, like, I understand that's what's going on. I don't think it helps anybody by talking about it because they're not going to name names of who's doing it. They're not going to name amounts of what's happening. If they if they say like Marvin Harrison has directly and even using language that we don't normally hear from him, they have no intention of going anywhere then what's the point? Right. So you either say that the kid's a liar or it doesn't matter or... It won't change right. it. If he said that's the outcome, the rest of it does not matter. Yeah. Like Because the NCAA... Here's why I say that. I, I understand you'll, you'll, your counter-argument out there. I can hear you coming through to the comments at me. Well, let's find who these people are. Tampering is a serious thing. It's hurting uh, college football. It's not good for the players. Like uh, If it's Lincoln Riley, let's know it. All that's true. But... The NCAA is not going to be able to right. enforce it. Right. So the only person that they're likely to come after is the player themselves because their eligibility is on the line. Right. The eligibility card is pretty much the only thing the NCAA can play in any of these situations right now. And they're not because they don't want to be taken to court where they will lose, you know, undeniably lose. So it's one of these things that we just have to acknowledge is going to happen when you're a program like Ohio State, you have great players. That's the way it is. Um, I also am sure that Ohio State coaches, if there's players around the country that they're interested in, that they have connections through former high school coaches or teammates, or then they're talking about that as well. That That is the game, and we are in It's a, not a one-way street. Right, we're in a lawless world, folks. We're in a lawless <laughs> world. Get your hard hat. Okay, this has been the research report. We, we thank you uh, very much, uh, Mr. Moderator, for having us in here. You did great. It's been a fun day. Media day is in the books. Friday morning, there is one more thing I forgot to add, that that's Ryan Day and Kirby Smart will be on this very stage on Friday morning. Uh, We'll have coverage of that, as we always do, on the podcast and at ohiostate.rivals.com. That is Berm. I am Austin. We will see you later.